welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. Graduated from college about a month, a month and a half ago now. I'm in need of a full-time job, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. On today's show, we're actually doing something a little bit different today. We're actually not even, not even talking about the D-backs today. What I'm talking about today is the reckoning of Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout is a guy who, yeah, I'm fine with you saying he's the best player in baseball, but too many guys have told me he's already the greatest player of all time. Too many guys have told me he, he deserves to be compared to the likes of LeBron and Tom Brady. Too many guys have told me uh, it doesn't matter if he retires right now, he's already the GOAT, and he's by far head and shoulders above any other player in baseball. And that's where I disagree. That's where I draw the line. He shouldn't be compared to guys like LeBron. And he's not clearly head and shoulders above every other player in baseball. So today we're going to discuss that and talk about is Mike Trout a little overhyped and overrated? But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's jump right into it and talk about the reckoning of Mike Trout. So first, I want to start off by talking about this. Whenever someone talks to me about Mike Trout, one of the first things they always bring up is uh, is how bad the Angels are. <laughs> Excuse me. How bad the Angels are. Oh, the Angels are an awful franchise. Oh, the Angels haven't put any talent around them. Oh, the Angels have awful pitching. Yes, throughout most of Mike Trout's tenure with the Angels, the, they haven't been pretty good, and the, the pitching staff has been pretty atrocious. But that's not the case every season. I dove into the numbers. From 2012 to 2014, the Angels were one of the best offenses in the league and had a middle-of-the-pack pitching staff. In 2012, Mike Trout's second year in the big leagues, the Angels were third in runs scored in the American League, first in average, and then they were eighth in ERA and third in opponent batting average. So they were one of the best offenses and were pretty decent when it came to the pitching. 2013, they were sixth in runs scored, third in batting average as an offense, and then 2014, they were first in runs scored, sixth in batting average, fourth in home runs, and the pitching staff was seventh in ERA and fourth in OBA, opponent batting average. So from 2012 to 2014, the Angels were pretty much top five in you know a lot of offensive categories and were pretty much a solid pitching staff. They were middle of the pack giving up runs and were like top four in terms of opponent batting average. So when I look at that, uh, the Angels have been a lot better than I think we give them credit for. I think the last few years have really skewed our views. I think it, it, it's like if you look at Andy Dalton's career. If you just look at the last few years, you probably think the Bengals are atrocious. And Dalton's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. But if you look at his first five seasons, it was a 9-11 to 11 win quarterback every year. And I look at that with Mike Trout. Yes, the last few years have been atrocious. The Angels have been awful at putting talent around Mike Trout. They've been awful at acquiring pitching. But the first, you know, 
three years when the Angels were really competitive and they were spending money and trying to get uh, talent left and right, they they, they were the, the numbers back up that the Angels were competitive. They, they were competitive in terms of wins. And Mike Trout just couldn't get his team over the hump. It's not like he, he's been on atrocious teams throughout the whole nine, year, nine years of his career. The first third of it, he was on pretty solid teams, and it didn't mean much. It, it, it didn't allow him to do anything. I think that's a bit of a knock against Mike Trout, a guy who's considered, you know, the greatest ever, couldn't get his team, you know, into the playoffs a little bit more. And I know, I know, so many people listening to this are like, it's baseball. One guy can't do it all. It's not the NBA. They're not even quarterbacks like in NFL. They don't have uh, enough impact on the game. And I have two points to make to that argument. Number one, when Mike Trout did make it to the postseason, he was 1-for-12 in his at-bat. So even though the Angels were a bad team, Mike Trout didn't do anything himself when he got it there. Only 1-for-12. And you say, yeah, well, he was there. It was only 12 at-bats. You can't expect the guy to carry a team. But you know what else? I have something else for that point. David Ortiz. 2013 World Series. He got as about as pretty close as you can get to carrying a team by yourself. David Ortiz had a quarter of his team's hits, run scored, and RBIs. He did pretty much everything for that team offensively. Because if you go back and look at that roster, Salta Tamakia, Steven Drew, uh, 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 Victorino was good, but Mike Napoli was all right. Uh, you just had Johnny Gomes out there. You just had so many guys where you're like, there's not too many real high-level all-star players on this starting lineup and David Ortiz really just stepped up to the plate and just what was the difference maker and he really kind of carried that team so for Mike Trout I'm not saying he had a bat 700 like David Ortiz did in the World Series but could you at least be Mike Trout in the playoffs I don't think that's hard to ask I don't think a guy who's considered probably the greatest in the regular season I don't think it's a lot for me to ask to translate translate that to the playoffs because I think when you're looking at Mike Trout and his playoff stats, one of the reasons he hasn't been there is because he's a guy who's not big in high-leverage situations. He's not a guy who, who always comes up big in situations where you, you need a guy to come up big, essentially. And when you look at some of the clutch stats, Mike Trout, two routes, runners in scoring position. He has 362 at-bats, 12 home runs, 136 RBIs, 124 walks, 102 strikeouts, and a 262 batting average. Mookie Betts, in comparison, has 73 less at-bats, but only one less home run, only two less hits, only six less RBIs, and has a batting average that is 322 compared to 262. So even Mookie Betts has played, uh, has been to... Uh, has had less at-bats, you know, in the same situation. He's actually produced more. And you look at a guy like Miguel Cabrera, two outs runners in scoring position. He has over 960 at-bats, three times the amount Mike Trout has, and has a 304 batting average. So he's a guy that consistently has produced in those situations. You look at high leverage moments. This is where, you know, backs against the wall. Mike Trout has 680 at-bats, 203 hits, and then he has a 299 average. Mookie, for comparison, has 530 at-bats, but only 40 less hits. And he has a 313 average, so Mookie's coming through more. And then Miguel Cabrera has over 1,600 plate appearances, 
with high leverage situations, and he's batting 323 in those moments. So when you look at the clutch stats, Mike Trout's not a guy who, or let me say this, Mike Trout in the clutch is still Mike Trout in the clutch. He, he's pretty much consistent, low, low leverage, medium leverage, high leverage, you know, behind in games, ahead in games. Mike Trout is always kind of uh, consistently great. He's always Mike Trout. Mookie Betts, Miguel Cabrera, those are guys who are already near Mike Trout's level, or you could even say, you know, in some cases better than Mike Trout in low leverage situations. But when it comes to high leverage, they actually take it to a new place. They actually step up and get even better. And that's my argument. That's that's an issue I have with Mike Trout. When the lights are the brightest, I'm not sure if I could trust Mike Trout. The regular season clutch stats tell me that he's going to be good in the in big moments, but we haven't seen it in the biggest moments, the playoffs. And when he got to the playoffs, he wasn't he wasn't Mike Trout. And the clutch stats in the regular season tells me he should at least be pretty close to Mike Trout. He's not going to be the greatest player in baseball like the other numbers will tell you, but he should at least be close to Mike Trout. And he just wasn't when he made it to the postseason. That's a big concern I have. If you think Mike Trout, if he retires right now, is a top 25 all-time player, I got something to tell you. I was looking at ESPN's rankings of the top 25 players of all time. Three of them, if you consider Mike Trout in that conversation, have been to the postseason one time through nine years of their career. Mike Trout, Joe Morgan, and Roger Hornsby. Roger Hornsby and Joe Morgan both went to the World Series, though, in their first postseason appearance. So they both got more than one postseason hit. Mike Trout's the only guy of any guy who you can rank in the top 25 to only have one postseason hit or less with uh, through nine years of their career. There was two other guys who have only been to the playoffs once through nine years, but Mike Trout's the only guy who's been to the playoffs once and only has one hit. So what does that mean? Mike Trout is clearly, clearly the least accomplished player of any all-time great. And yes, he has been on atrocious Angels team. Yes, they've been awful at surrounding him with talent, but at some point, I have to say, you know what? You're the greatest player ever. That's what people tell me. Make the difference up. Overcome that. Get over the hump. Or you know what? Leave. You can just leave. We have something called free agency. Guess what? Mike Trout has elected to re-sign with the Angels. So if that's his prerogative, then I'm going to blame him if the Angels don't do good. They tell me he's the greatest ever. And I got more to say about Mike Trout. I got more to tell you why he's a little overrated. But first... Let me tell you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever increasing numbers with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain store front. Winder are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and what and wait while the other counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same 
for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, all right, let's get back into it and let's talk about Mike Trout and let's just keep diving into the numbers and let me just keep explaining to you why I think he's a little overrated. I'm not saying he's not the best player in baseball. I'm just saying you can make the argument for other players. I'm just saying he's not the GOAT right now. I'm just saying in a particular season, if you were to ask me, there might be another guy that I would take. There, there might be other guys who I think is a, their peak is a little bit higher than Mike Trout. There's no denying if I had a starter franchise for the next 10 years, and if I, I could draft any guy from their star career, it would probably be Mike Trout because I think he's the most consistent guy year in and year out. But peak, if you told me one season and I think and I'm getting the peak player, it might be a Mookie Betts. It might be a Christian Yelich. It might be someone like a Miguel Cabrera. So that's really where my argument is. And that leads me into my next part of this discussion, and it's the, the main stat that people like to throw out against me when talking about Mike Trout, and I hate this stat so much, it's war, wins above replacement. I hear so many baseball nerds throw that out at me. So many of my friends just say, look at Mike Trout's war. It's so much greater than everyone else. Well, let me tell you a little bit something about war because we know war measures a player's value in all facets of the game by deciphering how many more wins he's worth more than a replacement-level player. But I think the next part of that definition that people forget, it's not just worth more than a replacement-level player. It's a replacement-level player at his position. So, for example, for shortstop and a first baseman, offer the same overall production, offense, defense, base pass. The shortstop will have a better war because his position sees a lower level of production from replacement-level players. So... What I think, I think war just used too many people's perspective when it comes to Mike Trout. It's usually the main argument people have when telling me why he's the greatest. And war just a hypothetical stat that I just don't believe in. Let me tell you, let me read this next part of from Baseball Reference on how they calculate war and what they're saying uh, are the steps in their formula. This is what they said, war. Uh, this is what they said about war on BaseballReference.com. There is no one way to determine war. There are hundreds of steps to make this calculation and dozens of places where reasonable people can disagree on the best way to implement a particular part of the framework. <laughs> what does that mean? One group of people calculating war could get different results than another group of people calculating the same war. So how can I look at a stat that's not universal across any source I look at? Right there tells me uh, it's, a, it's a hypothetical stat, and it's a, it's a stat that I can't rely on because too many people are going to have different results, and it's such an arbitrary stat. It's one reason why I don't like to look at MVPs as an indication to how good someone is because Drew Brees is the biggest reason why, and another reason is Steve Nash having more MVPs than Shaq and Kobe. So when I look at things like that, I devalue the MVP, and I devalue stats like this that are so arbitrary where 
you look, you have 20-step formulas and different parts of formulas. Different people could disagree. What does that mean? So right there, war is something I have to discredit. And then just furthermore on the point of war, uh, one other reason why I don't like it is have you actually seen the list of war? Have you actually seen the people who have the best war in baseball? And it's... It's stupid because when people look at the best warp, I think people are forgetting that's for people at that same position. Because if you just look at, just go to the leaderboard of war from this past season on BaseballReference.com. You know who's not on there? You know who hasn't been on top 10 in war the last two years just overall? Christian Yelich. Can someone explain to me how Christian Yelich hasn't been top 10 in war overall? A guy who's finished... To Top two in MVP voting, and I know I just said I don't like MVP voting, but he has been top two in MVP voting the last two years, winning one time, and his he's led the league in batting average twice the last two years, uh, led the league in OBP last year and OPS, a 40 home run guy last year, 30 steal guy last year. His stats are just off the charts, and somehow he's not there. He's not there when it comes to war, and that's because of what we said before with the definition. It's replacement level at the same position. And Christian Yelich plays right field. So when you look at other right fielders, I'm going off MLB.com's top 10 right now. And according to MLB.com, when you look at the top 10 right fielders right now, you got Mookie Betts number one. You got someone, you, you got a Christian Yelich number two, Aaron Judge number three, Arcuna four, JD five. He's really a DH, but that's where he plays if he was. Bryce Harper, 6. Jorge Soler, 7. So this right field list is just stacked. So that's really the re reason why Christian Yelich is not a guy who's you know, top 10 in warts because the position he plays at is just so dang filthy. But if I go to center field and look at MLB's.com's top 10 center fielders right now, you got Mike Trout, number 1, no doubt about it. But number 2, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger has played more games at first base than center field in his career. Number three, you got George Springer. Number four, Roman Loreno, who wasn't even ranked last year. Number five, Whit Merrifield, who was a second baseman. Number, if you go down to number eight, you have Aaron Hicks, who played 50 games. And then number 10 was Brett Gardner. So you have two players, you know, manning the same position. And one of them only played 50 games. So the center field position is actually the worst position in all of baseball. And so Mike Trout's war has been elevated because of it because everyone else after Mike Trout is just not as good. So it just inflates his war and it just inflates our perspective on him because his war is so high. Nolan Arenado is not there in the top 10 war either for yo look. So when I look at a stat like war, it just really makes me discredit it when there's so many great players left off it. And there's not enough... Uh, the, there's so many great players left off it, and I just think it's too hypothetical. It's too much of a of a stat where, where you say there's too many points in the stat when it comes to the formula that too many people could disagree with, and it's not a stat that's universal. Batting average, home runs, it doesn't matter where what website you go to. It's going to be the same across the board, and that's not the same with the war, and so that's why I have such a big problem with it. Now, the last issue I have with, with Mike Trout and why I don't think he's the greatest player ever or the greatest player of all time is because we've seen other great players who've had similar careers like Mike Trout. Albert Pujols, his own teammate, it's a guy who 
Go look at his first ten years with the Cardinals and go and don't tell me don't tell me it's not comparable because Pujols' first ten years was arguably you know you can make the argument he was the greatest player at the time through his first ten years but you know what he went to the Angels and the second half of his career just wasn't the same. I'm not saying that won't happen to Mike Trout but until you see the full body of work, it's hard to say this guy's already the greatest player ever. He hasn't done it enough on the big stage. He hasn't done it enough in the clutch and just. For me, I need to see a, a player who we consider the greatest do it on a big stage because right now, I don't know what Mike Trout really is in the playoffs. He's only been there once. And if he's a guy who's closer to being a Clayton Kershaw than a Mike Trout in the playoffs, I think that says a lot. Kershaw is a guy who is the regular season Mike Trout, but when it comes to the postseason, he looks like a good different guy. He looks like a different pitcher. And maybe Mike Trout's a guy who's the same way. Maybe he's, you know, the greatest player ever in the regular season, but when he gets the postseason, he just wilters and he's not a guy who can live up under the pressure. And that and that's just true for some guys. We're not entirely sure if that's Mike Trout yet. He's still only 28 years old. He still has a lot of time left. But because of it, I'm not ready to say he's the greatest player ever. There's other guys who I think uh, you can make argument for, like uh, Mookie Betts and Christian Yelich, that their peak is actually higher than... Mike Trout, and I can make an argument the last few seasons, you know, Mookie Betts has been better three of the last four years, or Christian Yelch has been better just the last two years. So when I look at both of those, it's really close. And I know I said I hated war, but if you just look at defensive war for Mike Trout, he's been overrated in that area. My Mookie Betts' defensive war is 10.3. Mike Trout's defensive war is 3.4, and he's the guy who's considered, like, the best defensive player in baseball. He actually has multiple seasons where he defensive war is in the negatives. He actually has a de- negative defensive war for a few seasons. And his strikeout numbers are a little alarming as well. We look His OBP is phenomenal. He gets on base a ton, Mike Trout. But if you look at his strikeout numbers, they're a little bit higher than I think people will realize he's actually led the league in strikeouts one time we're at 184 he has a couple campaign he's up there around the 150 so there's a few holes in Mike Trout's game that I don't think enough people talk about and I think he I'm fine with saying he's the best player in baseball but there's too many holes in his game right now too many holes in his resume for me to say he's the greatest player ever or guy who should even be considered in the same breath as a LeBron or Tom Brady but if you want to say he's the best player in baseball right now, you know what? I will have an argument with you. I might say someone else. I might say, you know, if uh, peak Mookie Betts or peak Christian Yelich is better. But consistency over time, yeah, Mike Trout has been the best player in baseball over the last, you know, decade. But is he the greatest player of all time? Is he LeBron James or Tom Brady? Hell no. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Go tell your Alexa device to play the newest edition of the Locked On uh, MLB podcast for you guys to stay up to date with anything pertaining to MLB baseball updates, news, and just go check out that podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to this week's editions of Locked On Diamondbacks pods. It was a great week. Go back and listen to anything you haven't listened to and be on the lookout because I'm bringing on Locked On Braves hosts, Locked On Braves hosts, Dylan Short to argue with me some more about Mike Trout. We already recorded it. So be on the lookout for that in the next couple of weeks. And I hope everyone is staying healthy and staying safe. Peace!